It is such a pleasure to see you again, Your Serene Highness. Uh, and as much as uh, I'd rather be having this conversation sitting uh, across you in beautiful Monaco, mm -hmm. uh, I am uh, nevertheless grateful to you for taking the time to speak with me via video today uh, as part of the uh, Business of Philanthropy interview series that I'm conducting on behalf of the Center for Strategic Philanthropy at the uh, University of Cambridge. His Serene Highness uh, Prince Albert II is, of course, the sovereign prince of Monaco uh, and a highly respected global thought and action leader in a wide uh, range of uh, important fields. Uh, an accomplished uh, academic, uh, pilot, uh, a reserve lieutenant commander in the Navy, and, of course, a philanthropist, Prince Albert has made numerous uh, important contributions uh, in the fields of environmental and species conservation, uh, marine biodiversity, the arts, uh, human rights, and gender equity, uh, to name a few. Uh, he's also uh, a world-class athlete who competed uh, in five Winter Olympic Games uh, and who's been an active member of the International Olympic Committee since uh, 1985. Sri is also uh, an intrepid explorer uh, who I believe is the only incumbent uh, head of state uh, to have uh, visited uh, both poles, doing so to learn more about the ongoing impact of uh, global warming. Um, His Highness uh, is the vice chairman of the Princess Grace Foundation uh, USA, founded uh, in honor uh, of his late mother's legacy uh, and which continues to support uh, emerging artists uh, in the country and is the founder of the Prince Albert II of Monaco Foundation, which is dedicated to the protection of the environment and the promotion of sustainable development on a global scale. And this is where I'd like to uh, begin. Uh, Your Serene Highness, the Prince Albert II of Monaco Foundation was uh, formally established, I believe in 2006, to focus on causes related to the environment and sustainability. Can you kindly share with us the background to launching the foundation, uh, a bit about its vision and future aspirations, and how and why you decided on its main areas of focus? Well, first of all, thank you so much for your kind words, and thank you for this uh, opportunity to exchange with you. I also would have loved to have done this uh, in person and, and uh, in, uh, in the same room, uh, but unfortunately the circumstances guide us to uh, do this uh, via this uh, video link. And, uh, but, but thank you for, for, this, uh, for this great uh, chance to, to exchange on these, uh, on these, on these topics. Um, thank you. Well, very, very simply, I created my, my foundation as, as, as you know, in 2006. Uh, and this came from a personal commitment that I wanted to make. Um, although Monaco through its diplomatic channels and through its uh, foreign, foreign relations was already involved in different environmental projects around the world. But I thought that there was an, uh, an entity that I needed to, to put together to address more urgent matters. And, and we were already being approached by different organizations and different uh, different stakeholders to with projects with uh, specific projects to to try to uh, meet some urgent needs and so uh, it was for me uh, obvious uh, that I 
for, for my personal convictions that I needed to do something on a more personal note and to try to uh, bring uh, around these issues the, a, a large number of people, not only in Monaco, but, uh, but in other countries as well. And so uh, that's why the, the foundation uh, was, uh, came, came to be. And it also, uh, it was at the, the end of a year wherever I had different, uh, or it was in the middle of a year where I had different opportunities to witness firsthand the, 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 the state of our planet. And uh, more specifically through a trip that I did to, to the North Pole. And that was one of the, uh, uh, one of the two uh, polar expeditions, one in the Arctic, one in the Antarctic that I did several years later that, that, that you mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, and so really after witnessing all these worrying signs, uh, not only concerning climate change, but concerning the loss of biodiversity and uh, uh, the, all the water issues, uh, of course, in, in other parts of the world, uh, the di difficulty of access to water uh, by different uh, peoples and populations. Um, I thought that th those were the main focuses that the, the, the foundation had to had had to work on, and so 15 years later, and some uh, over 500, well over 500 projects, and uh, uh, several scores of uh, millions of euros later, but we we were able to uh, uh, to help and to uh, uh, help in addressing these these incredibly complex and and and. Uh, worrying issues, but uh, and the, the issues that concern our planet and and how we can envisage a future uh, for it, and so um, uh, really, it's it's thanks to the generosity of many people, of our donors, of course, and 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 uh, many other uh, organizations that that we've been able to partner with, uh, that we were able to uh, be successful and to have some success on the ground and, and in all corners of the world. It was, uh, of course, our, our primary, our areas of focus are uh, the Mediterranean region, obviously, because uh, we are a Mediterranean country, uh, but also uh, uh, developing nations around the world and uh, the, the polar regions. Uh, but, but we've been able to uh, partner in uh, in other parts of the world, and, and we've been active on 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 all continents, and in and in I think over well over sixty countries around the world. Um, so, despite the, the 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 situation and the and the different crises that the world is facing, uh, not only the sanitary one, but obviously the the climate one and the loss of biodiversity one and and then the economic one as well. Um, well, I think uh, we, we are uh, more capable now, I think collectively uh, uh, with different organizations and different governments and, and different stakeholders and, and civil society also. If we all pull our resources together, we are able to uh, have an effect on, on the, the the state of our planet. Um, it's going to take a long, it's only the beginning and we, it's going to take a long time and it's going to take a lot of commitment and, and of course a lot of a lot of funds um, to be able to find the right solutions for uh, 
for these issues. But I think uh, I'm decidedly optimistic, and I think we 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 have the capabilities and and we have the know-how, and the, the technologies are are the, some of them are already here. But uh, we need, of course, to uh, invest more in 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 these technologies, and and certainly in the energy sector and in, in clean energies uh, uh, to be able to provide a future for for our children and our grandchildren uh, and and that is uh, of course a, a tall order and a, and a big com commitment but I I'm uh, and everybody at the foundation is absolutely committed to these ideals and and we have to try to gather as many people as we can around us to to move forward and staying on that topic of innovation uh, and technology, through the foundation uh, and more broadly your charitable and philanthropic work spans a number of important causes uh, across many parts of the world. This includes uh, the prestigious uh, Princess Prize for Innovative Philanthropy, uh, which I've been honored to serve uh, as a member of its jury since inception and where many of the prize winners have come from uh, the emerging markets, which uh, is the geographic focus of the Center for Strategic Philanthropy uh, at Cambridge. Mm -hmm. What motivated the launch of the Princess Prize for Innovative uh, Philanthropy, Your Highness? And how important is innovation, technological or other, in the social sector, do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, um, thank you uh, so much for that. And, and thank you for uh, your participation in, in this uh, in this uh, gathering and, and, and in the implementation of this prize. And I think, uh, well, as you were able to see it over the years, it has grown and it, uh, and it's, uh, we feel the incredible uh, energy around the, the, and, the, and the enthusiasm by other uh, leaders in philanthropy uh, on this, on, this project and on this endeavor. And to have that kind of informal discussion that we've had uh, around uh, and to have a closed door round, round table, uh, which is organized of course, as, as you all know, by, by my foundation and the, the Tocqueville Foundation um, every January, uh, I think was, uh, is, is incredibly valuable and it uh, enables all of us, I think, to have a better understanding of not only what everybody does, but uh, how we can pull also resources together and, and uh, how we can make our, our actions and our projects even, even more effective and, and to implement the right change that we want to see around the world. Um, so we celebrated uh, this past year, the, the 10th anniversary of uh, the round table and uh, welcomed on that occasion uh, uh, nearly 40 philanthropists from around the world who came to discuss the role of philanthropy in, in the context of, uh, of uh, the, the, the sustainable development goals. Um, in 2014, as, as you recall, we uh, uh, decided to launch the Princess Prize for Innovative Philanthropy uh, to honor the most inspiring individuals uh, and organizations uh, that participate in building a more sustainable and more uh, equitable world. Um, 
so I, I really was very enthusiastic with this idea. And, and I know that, uh, that everyone else around the table uh, with you also uh, uh, share these ideas and, and these values. And, and, uh, 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 and we were able to, you know, to, to, to really find some, some, some incredible uh, uh, in, in individuals and organizations who, who have been able to, to make an impact. And to be able to recognize these kind of people, I think, uh, was uh, very, is, is, is very satisfying. It was very satisfying from the beginning, but is still very satisfying and, and very, very encouraging. And, and I, I hope that we will be able to continue uh, in this manner uh, with uh, uh, with everyone, um, uh, there have been I can I can talk about different uh, the different types of organizations that we've been able to to, to help and, and the ones also that are important uh, not only in different parts of the world in emerging countries but uh, also right on our doorstep in in. in uh, Europe and in the Mediterranean region, but I won't I won't go into that. But uh, uh, but I think uh, the of course the, the 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 real issue is how to keep these programs going and how to implement uh, long term financing for uh, for these different endeavors uh, and uh, the kinds of mechanisms that uh, come into place to to uh, Make these uh, initiatives uh, uh, sustainable in in the long run, but I'm but I'm sure that we will find uh, the best solutions for this. And it's been really inspiring to see how it's grown over the years, Your Highness. And and I and I particularly love the fact that it focuses on and, as you say, showcases uh, not just the organizations for doing the great work they do, but also celebrates the innovation. Yeah. Because we're, and the infrastructure uh, around uh, bolstering innovation to scale impact and to enhance impact, which I think is is somewhat unique uh, and I think quite visionary of yourself, uh, uh, your, your your Highness. Um, I'd like to seek your views, if I may, on two urgent issues uh, that you've referred to already, but mm -hmm. climate change and also the COVID nineteen pandemic. How optimistic are you, Your Highness, that we will see meaningful action? In the, in the near future to address the climate uh, crisis? And what is the most useful thing that philanthropists and aspiring philanthropists that are watching this could be doing right now to help address this uh, longstanding issue while also uh, trying to deal with the consequences of unexpected uh, other crises, such as the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, which you obviously experienced uh, firsthand? Well, I think you, uh, as 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 we've all seen that the, the, the this pandemic knows no borders and and is really uh, hitting every country and every uh, latitude and every community around the world and and in the most devastating way sometimes and and uh, as as well as the climate crisis, I think it it. it is a pending issue to, to which we must uh, come together collectively and act collectively collectively without any delay and as, as we've been able to do uh, uh, with the, the, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, 
but but I think what 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 is what has been showcased um, with the situation is um, the, the, the 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 link the inextricable link between uh, man and nature and 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 how uh, what kind of and and also the 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 connection between the animal world and, and the, the human world. And, and um, if we're able to make, to study that, to better study that link between uh, what affects animals and how it might affect us, I think that's, that's also very important. Let's, let's take this opportunity to, to, to take a closer look at, at uh, animal health and human health. And what, and of course, then uh, when you take a closer look at this, you can see that uh, uh, everything that affects nature and affects the, 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 the mechanisms that, that regulate nature, if, if they're disrupted, that, that's where you get a dangerous situation and, and the one that, that can lead to uh, impacts on human health and on public health. And so, uh, if we're able to do this, and, and we've already looked at different ways uh, here in here in Monaco, and, and this this is still not uh, have, hasn't been made public yet, but we are studying a way to encourage uh, studies on with uh, different uh, uh, different professors of uh, uh, that are uh, veterinarians and 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 who are. Uh, uh, experts on animal health and how we might uh, have a conference on, on, on the links between animal health and human health. So, 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 so that's one thing that, that, uh, that can come out of this. But of course, um, we have to take the opportunity also as we hopefully will exit this pandemic very uh, hopefully soon um, to really work on, on, on what's important and on, on the important issues and how we can better address uh, climate change and how we can better uh, address uh, the loss of biodiversity. Uh, and there are different big events that are coming up in, the, in this next year that have been postponed. Uh, some, some of them have been postponed. The, the, the IUCN World Congress, the, the International Union for Conservation of Nature, and that'll be that'll be in Marseille, and that's that, that's a, always a big event uh, every uh, every three or four years. Um, then there's the uh, convention on uh, on, on biodiversity, uh, uh, COP15 in biodiversity, and that'll be in Kunming, China, later in October. And we hope to set new goals for new targets uh, for the next 10 to 20 years. Um, and we absolutely have to do that uh, to uh, set the course of, uh, because we haven't been able to meet the targets that, that were set in 2010 in, in, in Japan, uh, that we have to have more protected areas around the world and we have to be able to protect uh, the most uh, vulnerable species. And then there's, of course, the uh, COP26 in, in Glasgow, you know, the Climate Change Conference in, in Glasgow, Scotland, 
uh, which will be incredibly important as we also uh, not only uh, try to have uh, uh, the countries that have signed to the Paris Agreement fulfill their commitments and see where everybody is uh, at, uh, on these commitments. And of course, we hope to welcome uh, back into the discussion uh, the United States uh, as they, uh, as President-elect Biden has pledged to uh, have the United States not leave the Paris Agreement. And uh, we absolutely need the leadership of countries such as the United States, but also the other major uh, countries in the world to uh, lead the way and to uh, show us the, 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 the best path forward uh, as we continue to fight uh, climate change in the most effective way possible. Absolutely. And Your Highness, as you said, the uh, past year really did shine a light on the inextricable link between human health and the health of our planet. And I also share your hope uh, and perhaps also optimism that we can maintain this momentum, uh, not just in the coming year, but in the years uh, to come. I have one final question uh, for you, uh, uh, Your Highness, on, uh, on the youth. How, how do you think that the, the nature of philanthropy has changed in, in the decades that you have been involved in the sector? And, and what do you feel that the biggest drivers of that change have been? And also, how, what in your opinion, Your Highness, uh, do you think that the, or how do you think that the youth of today uh, will change the way that philanthropy is thought about and practiced uh, today and, and perhaps also in the future? I think philanthropy, as, as we both know, uh, has always been the, uh, has always been a good response, a good answer to the biggest social and economic uh, challenges of our societies uh, and uh, access to education, access to health, uh, food, and also the protection of the environment, arts, culture, uh, every area that, that needed help or needed uh, development in such way, there was always uh, a philanthropical movement to, to help these, uh, these steps forward. And so I have a feeling now that philanthropy is not only is even more relevant than, than ever, uh, but it is, uh, it is for, for all these historical reasons, uh, it is, uh, anchored in the perception of a real added value uh, for, uh, a, for a development of, of, of society at large uh, and for the transition to a, to better, uh, a better society. So I think expectations are still there and are still high. And I think youth is, is looking to uh, philanthropic answers to, to different questions where other, uh, where other uh, institutions, uh, government or others can only do so, so much uh, that there, there will always be that need for uh, to, to, to drive things forward in, in a different way. And, and I think uh, the youth of today 
believes in that and, and will believe in, in, the, in, in this pathway even more so in the future. And, and we have to keep that interest alive and keep them believing that. Uh, but I think I, this, I've, I've really sensed in the last few years a, 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 a heightened sense of, of collective responsibility. And, and I think this is very encouraging and, and, and feeds into to, uh, you know, the, the, the appeal for philanthropy uh, and and to act in in different ways and in a more personal way like I like I was able to do with my foundation, but um, I really think that that uh, different generations now understand this. They understand the, the 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 need for change. They understand that there is uh, that there are serious problems. Uh, facing our planet, and so, and I think that there's more of a desire to to help and to and to want to uh, commit oneself to to these issues, and so I really have faith in the, in the younger generation that they uh, will have not only the, the tools that they dis at their disposal to uh, implement and to drive the, these changes, but. Uh, that they will have the the incentive to do that, uh, as uh, uh, and as this sanitary crisis has showed us that uh, there's been more solidarity, more uh, you know, more people trying to help one another. Uh, uh, not everywhere, but but uh, but certainly in in most countries, and so let's. Let's keep this uh, keep this momentum uh, as we move out of the pandemic, hopefully very soon, and, and transform that uh, into uh, a, a desire to 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 move our planet to, into a more sustainable, fairer, and and and, uh, and better uh, and better health and better way forward. Beautifully said, uh, Your Highness. Your Serene Highness, I've always greatly enjoyed and appreciated uh, our conversations. And uh, it's been uh, a great pleasure and honor to, to witness really firsthand uh, the impact of some of the great work that you do uh, on the numerous important causes that are close to your heart. Thank you uh, for sharing your reflections and insights with us today. Uh, and I can't wait to visit you uh, in Monaco in the hopefully not too distant future, and of course to welcoming you back to the UAE uh, on your next visit. Thank you again. Well, thank you so much, Baron, and uh, really all the best to you, and I, I really hope that we will be able to, to meet again soon. All the, all the best to you and your family, and all the best to, to uh, uh, everyone there around you and to the, and to the conference. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you.